Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson, and you're in the fatherhood. As a new member of the hood, my goal is to use this podcast as a platform to talk about my journey as a new father. Part therapeutic, part informative, part educational. My goal is to talk about everything, from adjusting to getting no sleep, to learning how to change diapers, to just hoping I get everything right. This podcast will be a space to share with you the joys, challenges, and fears of being a first-time father. Welcome to episode two. Um, this is big. This is big. Um, you have this idea, you know, of starting a podcast and then you get the first episode out there and cool. Um, but following up and continuing what you started is a challenge. But but thankfully, here we are. Um, I want to take a time to, you know, thank all of you who listened to the first episode, um, receive a lot of feedback, a lot of messages, a lot of texts, a lot of DMs, just, you know, giving me some feedback and showing some love for for what we're trying to build over here with the Fatherhood Podcast. So as always, take time to, you know, subscribe to the podcast, rate the episode, just give me some feedback, follow me on social media at Jamar Hudson um, as I continue to just try to figure figure this thing out. And I'll, I'll admit, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just going to have some fun fun with this and see see where it goes. You know, it's always scary and kind of nerve-wracking to put yourself out there because you never know um, what the feedback is going to be, how people are going to receive the messages that you're trying to get out there, how people are going to receive the content that you're trying to produce. So, you know, so far so good. And, and we'll see, see where it goes. So how's it going so far? Um, you know, Emery is continuing to grow. He's continuing to do, you know, new things every single day. My wife and I will sit and, and we'll just discuss, you know, what did he do differently today? And it seems like every day, is is something new and that's that's the beauty and the excitement about this journey because you never know what's going to happen from day to day no two days are the same and if you're a parent um obviously you know this but as new parents this is something that that we're learning um as we go along uh, my mother-in-law graciously um has been up here for about 10 days or so she just left um, a few days ago heading back to to, to North Carolina. And it was, it was a great, a great help, even, you know, just holding him for a few minutes. So, you know, Sharice and I could get, get a nap in, or we could even step out and go, go to the movies. We went to see Creed two a few days ago, which was, was the amazing movie. Um, if you're a fan of the Rocky series, it's, it's a great continuation of, in my opinion, of what, what the Rocky series meant for, for a lot of us in the eighties and nineties. And it's just a continuation of that Michael B. Jordan did a great job, but just to have her and, and just see her love on, on her grandson, this is the first grandchild for her. And actually this is crazy. It's the first grandchild for, for both sets of parents. So you already know, um, he's going to be spoiled. So just to have her up here, just helping out and just, you know, loving on him and, and, you know, giving, giving Sharice and I just a break, just to do some things that we need to get done was, was a, a blessing um, for us. We experienced some growth spurts. I mean, Emory is about cl- coming up on a month, um, which is, if you just sit back and think about it, that's crazy. The fact he's been here a month, I remember these weeks are going by so fast. Um, we hit the three to four month growth spurt, which I didn't know was a thing. Um, one of those days where he's just, you know, eating constantly and just 
Um, we're just crying or just real, real fussy, um, nonstop. So as, as has been the case for a majority of, of the pregnancy. And even now that he's here, you're constantly Googling, like, what do these things mean? What, what does this, this mean? You, you learn that, you know, around three or four weeks, you know, newborns tend to go through a growth spurt and it can last anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. So his, his episode lasted about 36 hours and now he's, you know, back to normal. But, you know, those are, those are good signs to show that, that he is, he is healthy and, and seemingly on the right track, which we are thankful for. Another thing that just has been going on with us is that the earlier this week, Sharice stayed at home for the first time by herself. Um, fortunately, uh, my job allowed me to take some time off right after he was born. And, you know, even when I started back work, I was teleworking and then Sharice's mom came up. So she has been, you know, having someone around the house, um, the entire time since Emery has been born and earlier this week was the first day, um, that, you know, she was here by herself and I was immediately concerned. I think she was concerned too, about how that adjustment period was going to be for her just being here by herself but thankfully it went well and there's some things that she's going to have to get used to um being here by by herself until it's time for her to go back to work and as a father you're naturally concerned um you're at work trying to get updates trying to text every couple hours hey what's going on you guys okay send me some pictures and i never thought i'd be that parent you know i know some parents constantly were there when they're away from their child you know, asking their spouse or the babysitter, you know, send me some pictures, you know, FaceTime me, you know, Marco Polo me. And here I am finding myself at work um, doing that same thing that I <laughs> laughed at um, for so long. A couple of nights ago, um, Emery was up in the middle of the night and I was, it was my turn to, to do one of these feedings. And he was one of those nights where, you know, if you're a parent, you know this. There, there are nights where he just did not want to go to sleep. Um, he was just up, and we were just having a staring contest. And it was essentially a game of okay, who's going to break first? Are you going to go to sleep first, or am I going to go to sleep first? And that, as I you know talked about in episode one, is is just a new normal. And as I was you know staring at him, and you know just wondering or what are you thinking like what's going on in his little three four week old brain you know I started to think about like what am I leaving this this young man what am I leaving this newborn and it got me to think about what I wanted to talk about in today's episode and that's legacy and what does that mean legacy is you know what are we passing on to that next uh generation and if you really take the time to think about it, it it scares the hell out of me and, you know, it, it should scare any parent. It should make any parent let's really think about what are you passing on um, to that child. And the first thing, obviously, when everyone thinks about legacy, you think about, you know, financial stability. And of course, you want to pass on financial stability. You want, you know, leave a, a good legacy for your for your child in the event of your untimely death or, you know, if you live a full life you pass on something that child can then have to set the foundation for his life. But it, but it goes beyond that. I mean, we're talking about, you know, values, the importance of a, the importance of a good name, the importance of value in family, friends, you know, just being a, just a genuinely good person. 
And I want to talk more about the legacy we leave as fathers um, with my first ever guest on the podcast. One of the things I want to do with this podcast is have some fathers come on and talk about different things as it pertains to them and what they do as fathers and how we can all you know, learn from each other to become the best fathers we can be. And my first ever guest on the podcast would be Dr. Sean Willie, a great friend of mine, a former classmate uh, of mine at Hampton University. So coming up after a short break, we'll talk to Dr. Sean Woodley, and we'll get his take on what it means to leave a great legacy uh, as a father. I'm Jamar Hudson, and you're in the fatherhood. There are certain times in life when the stars just align in your favor. And, and this is one of those times as I'm pleased to welcome my first ever guest to the show. And in order to set this up right, I want to take you all back to, to 2000. Uh, summer 2000, in the campus of Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia. I met this young man from Central Islip, Long Island, New York. Um, he was a much skinnier fellow than he is now, had a lot more, a lot more hair. Uh, than he does does now, um, but since 2000, all going on 20 years, he has just been a, a solid dude and a, and a good friend. Um, he is an author, educator, musician, podcast host, life coach, mentor, and most importantly, a great husband and father. And without further ado, welcome my first guest to the fatherhood, Dr. Sean Woodley. Thank you very much for having me, man. <laughs> you, you took me back there, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to believe, man, that, you know, we've known each other almost 20 yeah. years. You know, to put that in context, yeah. it's just hard to to just, you know, wrap your hands around. The years have flown by. They have. The years have they flown have. by. They've been good years, too, man. Well, as I mentioned um, to, to folks in episode one, one of the things I wanted to do in this podcast is have other fathers um, come on the show and share their experiences you know, some things they do as fathers, you know, that maybe myself and other listeners to the podcast can apply to their lives. So I want to just open up, Sean, just tell me a little bit about, about your family. Well, my family is, uh, I guess, a your traditional nuclear family, if you will. Myself, my wife, and my son, Braden, he's three and a half now, going on 30. And uh, my daughter, she is six months old as of yesterday. and. Wow. They are the absolute light of our lives. Uh, they both have their personalities that are in many ways reflective of myself and my wife, which we get a kick out of uh, all the time. But man, they are they are just, they are truly dope kids. They really are. Great, great. I failed to mention when, when I opened up and introduced you, Sean is actually, you know, married to one of my best friends from college. And he's kind of crazy how the stars align and I'm happy to see that, you know, he he and his wife are doing well, have, was at their wedding, and they, they're just a, a model family that we, we tend to, to look up to in, in, in many ways. So what, what does, Sean, what does a father, being a father mean to you? Being a father to me, first and foremost, means uh, like it's a responsibility because at the end of the day, like 
I am responsible for keeping somebody alive. Like <laughs> I gotta, I gotta feed. I have to clothe. I have to protect. I also have to prepare, and I, I take that preparation part uh, very seriously because, like, especially with with my son, I I try to. Even though he's only three, he's very intelligent, and I know he understands a lot of the things that I talk with him about, a lot of the things that I try and show him. So I'm I'm always very cognizant of how I act, how I behave, what I say, what I do around him, whether I think he's paying attention or not. Um, and the same thing goes for my daughter. She's only six months old, but I have to start by setting that example of of who she should look up to and who when eventually she gets out into this world who she'll be around and what she can expect because i i have high expectations for the person that i that i know she can become and the person uh, the people who i want to be around her and so when you see those things you could be those things do you know what i'm saying bro absolutely absolutely so you're a father of two and in me being a first time father i'm kind of learning a lot of, of how things go in, in the first four weeks of Emery's life. He's actually four weeks old um, at the time of this recording. Um, when you first found out that you were going to be a father, going back a few years uh, when, when, when before Braden was born, talk to me a little bit about how you prepared for, for his arrival. Um, it, at first, it was just more so a matter of logistically getting things taken care of. Um, and, and once, once we got the logistics squared away, because we had to upgrade, like we were in a one bedroom, you know, and that just wasn't going to work. And so we needed to get those things taken care of. And so I just began to go out on an immediate hunt to get us a little more space to live, but just making sure that we were both close to where we need to work and so forth. And so I, I was in, preparation mode preparing the castle in other words mm-hmm. and um but just to be beyond that it was a lot of reading it was a lot of researching a lot of trying to mentally prepare like people will tell you are are you ready are you ready and you know as much as you want to yeah i'm ready or no i'm not like you you never really know until you actually get into the groove of things you know it wasn't i wasn't ready for Braden to get here until Braden got here right. because i didn't know what expect you know and uh you you can you can read about it and you can research and you can talk with people all day about it but you really don't know until you actually in those trenches um and it was it was a pleasant surprise uh some things i was prepared for some things i was not which is all good because being a father a first-time father was just uh, an incredible learning experience for me it also i feel like it strengthened the bond between my wife and i um because we we had to learn to become parents together. Mm-hmm. And um, we both, you know, we, we, we reflected on our own upbringings, uh, things that we liked about the way that we grew up, some things that maybe we would have changed or adjusted. And we, we, we consciously had conversations about those things um, up front to see where we aligned. Like I know one of the things that we discussed early was about the, the type of, uh, school that we wanted. I mean, this is, you know, she, he's five months in the womb at this point, but we were talking about schools already. So we, we tried, we had those conversations early or we even like kind of had some hypothetical scenarios like, well, 
what if I wanted him to be a Christian and you wanted him to be this religion? Like, you know, we, we tried to play out those scenarios because those are real conversations that you got to have. And then those are things that can be very, if not acknowledged, very damaging uh, to certain relationships and things like that. So we just tried to consider as much as possible. And for the most part, we were very aligned uh, with, with a lot of, of everything that we wanted for our son. And uh, I, that was reaffirming. To, to our relationship and the type of parents that I knew that we had the potential to be. And there, there's so much you have to do in just the preparation part of it. Um, like you said, I mean, when when, Sh- when we found out Sharice was pregnant, we were still living in a two-bedroom apartment. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that it's doable. And I know some people do it, but I knew that we needed more space. Um, so we oh, yeah. immediately got <laughs> got on the search for a bigger place. We ended up working out. We found mm-hmm. a, a larger town home that, that fits our needs right now. But all that stuff you're talking about, the preparation um, prior to him even arriving is something that, you know, you, you have to go through. And you can read all the books and, you know, read all the articles, like mm-hmm. I mentioned in episode one. But until when, once he gets here, once your child gets here, it's like a whole new ball game. It's like now you have to, you know, take care of this person that you've tried to. You've had those discussions, like you mentioned, that you've you've prayed about, you you've read all the articles and and gone to all the the classes, and now you're you're tasked with actually, okay, putting that into into practice. So, practice, yeah. yep. So, so yeah, man, it was like so. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go I was going to ask you, you once you found out Brooklyn was on the way, your daughter. Mm-hmm. What was the contrast for you and being a new father versus being an experienced one now that you're a father or two? It was it was different this time around because I, I, I to be kind of a little on the cocky side, I was like, okay, yeah, I got this. You know, I for as far as the preparation side, like when when we were preparing for Braden, you know, I'm I'm painting nurseries and and putting this together i got the good drill out and i'm drilling together cribs and stuff like that and so we had saved most of his stuff so when brooklyn came around you know we prepared we we got her nursery together and everything and, and coincidentally we had just moved into a new home again so like uh there were there was a lot to do this time around and the timing of it was was ridiculous because we were first-time homeowners when she was born like so she we closed on our home and she was born three days later. Like it was certified bananas. So just that whole moving process and paperwork and legalities of all of those things. And then with the baby literally on the way at any moment during all this happening, uh, it was a lot to say the least. But th- as far as preparing for her to actually arrive, we kind of felt like, right, you know, we, we've had some years in the game. There are a couple of things we had to refresh ourselves on, but it was like, like you ever see that commercial where where the lady is interviewing, like she has the kid and and she has her first baby. She's interviewing people, and you got to have a PhD to be a, a nanny. But the right. second time around, like she's in the auto shop and hand the baby to the dude with, with it. like it's it's that type of mentality because it's like, okay, yeah, I got this. Like it was kind of the same thing, different circumstances. But that mentality, because you have a certain level of comfort. Right, right. It. So I want to talk about a little bit about inspiration before we dive into the, the meat of this discussion. Who taught you, um, Sean, how to be how to father, how to be a father? Where did you get that inspiration? Who are some examples that you you looked up to that you wanted to pattern um, you as a father after? Definitely my dad. My dad showed 
me what manhood and fatherhood was all about. And I had a, a really dope example of e- even some of the things that I didn't realize that I was paying attention to. But when I became a father, I had the opportunity to reflect upon. And I had some discussions with my dad and he was like, you know, you, you he was like, I wasn't perfect. You may not have always under- understood the things that I've done or why why certain things didn't happen when you wanted them to, but it was all with good intent. And uh, I just had the opportunity to try and take what I learned from my dad and really use that as a foundation to to use that for my son and for now my daughter. And I, I really have my dad to thank. And there were also definitely a lot of other good uh, male figures. I, I had some dope older cousins growing up. Um, even when I got into college, like Mr. Smart was one of the first people that I met when I stepped on Hampton's campus and God rest his soul. Like that man was definitely uh, a father figure to me. And and when he passed in 04, like that, that one shook me that, that to this day, that, that one shook me more than I'm even comfortable talking about, but it, it was the, the way he, he was a person who was of good morals and character, um, but he was also somebody that held a, a really, really strong level of what's the word that I'm looking for? He he had high expectations, yeah, and, and he didn't let he didn't settle. You, you you know what I'm saying? Like you remember how it is with with with, with Mr. Smart, and so just leaning on all of those examples and taking bits from here, drawing on different things from there, I think kind of shaped me into the person that I'm becoming, and, and kind of combining that with my own personality and character, uh, you know, kind of shaped the father that I, I am. Absolutely. And For those listening, become, uh, Sean, we were talking about Mrs. Smart. We're talking about the late, great uh, Barney Smart, who was the director of bands at Hampton University uh, for many years. Um, Sean and I both were members of the, the marching force all four years we were at Hampton. And Mrs. Smart was a great um, influence on not only our lives, but, you know, thousands of other um students and some of our contemporaries who passed through those hallways uh, while at Hampton. Um, he unfortunately passed away in 2004, which is our our uh, senior year. Um, but, you know, we're, we're proud of uh, what the force is doing now. Dr. Thomas Jones, one of our contemporaries, is leading leading the band back to where, where we know it should be. So we're, we're definitely excited about that. So we're, we're talking today about legacy. And I think, you know, what you just talked about Sean with your dad and Mrs. Smart is exactly what what you know I'm I'm want to focus on. When we're talking about legacy. What are we leaving behind? I found an f- article just randomly googling um, the the headline is here's the kind of legacy you want to leave behind. The a- author is uh, Alex Snow. It was published back in 2006. I want to read the first graph. Regardless of what we spend our money on, the people we encountered, or the things we use our days, we are leaving a record of our time here. When everything is said and done our lives will leave an impression. And, you know, as a first time father, that's important to me because, you know, I'm leaving behind a legacy for my son, even though he's only four, four weeks on what I do, what I do in life and how I impact him, how I raise him. I'm instilling a legacy that he will pass on to his children and so on and so forth. So when we're talking about legacy, um, Sean, as it pertains to being a father, what does that look like to you? It's it's what is what is going to be said and done about me 
and what am I, what kind of example am I leaving? Will, will my, when, when my, my time on this earth is done, you know, will my, will my kids be proud of me? Will they be proud to say that, you know, Sean was my dad and will they feel empowered to move forward throughout the trials and tribulations that they'll have to come across on this earth? You know, even, even I think that the that whole legacy thing starts now because our, our kids, they're, they're under the comfort of our roof. But one day when they turn 17, 18 and they go out into this world, whether it's college or whether it is, you know, starting that career uh, sometime afterwards, you know, that they, they won't be able, we, we won't have the knowledge of being able to walk down the hall and check on them every single night. And so they'll be out in that world representing us. What specifically, if anything, that you want to pass on to, to your kids? Um, uh, I think one of the best, I don't want to say qualities, characteristics, maybe I think that served me well was that I figured out at a young age or a young enough age of of really being socially aware of figuring out who was good to be around me and who was not because I, I, I was able to, and I couldn't really verbalize it. And I didn't understand this until I got older and started to read more about, uh, social emotional learning. Um, but being aware of influence, um, because the people that are around us, whether we want to recognize it or not influence us heavily, and being conscious about the people with whom you choose to associate right. with can really set you up for success or lack thereof in so many different areas of life. And so whether it's the family, whether it is the faith, um, or, or just in your own individual being, recognizing that, is this person a good person for me to be around? Is this person... Mm -hmm. Yeah. going to lead me down a path of not to get biblical unrighteousness. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So like just having, having that wherewithal and, and to, to be quite honest with you, like I was the type of person, especially in high school, like I, I knew who I, like I had, I had my best friend who's still my best friend to this day. We, we've been best friends from the eighth grade and that's my man's 50 grand right there. I also knew of of the thugs in the school. Like I, I knew them. I was I was well enough on a first name basis. Dap them up, say what's up, keep going. But you won't see me hanging around with those dudes. You, you know what I'm saying? It was it was one of those balances where I understood influence, and I didn't want to. I, I knew right. of them just in case something popped off, and I needed to, to to call on somebody real quick. But I didn't associate with them. Uh, you know, in, to, to on a on a long term basis or anything like that where I could get caught up in some of the, the goings-ons of what was happening in, you know, in the late 90s and so forth. So it was just, I, I, I think that that served me, recognizing those things at a young age served me very well. And I took that to college and even in, the, in my professional environment where I began to, to teach and work with adults and work with students and so forth. So just having that level of social awareness, I think, was was a really valuable quality. And I think that that's something that, that, that if I can really pass that on to my son, cause it kept me grounded. 
I can pass it on to my daughter to, to just use as a, a bit of a lighthouse, if you will. Uh, I yeah. think those are, are going to be really, really important for them as they kind of just matriculate. As a father of a boy and a girl, how do you balance, you know, some things you want to leave, pass on to your son and maybe some things that your wife wants to pass on to, to your daughter? You know, how do you how does that dynamic work for you? Still learning it, to be honest with you, um, because I know that I have to raise my son in a slightly different way than I, I raise my daughter because they're going to face different challenges um, just based off of their gender alone, which is perfectly fine and perfectly natural. Um, but I know that there are certain conversations that I'll have to have with my daughter uh, about these young thugs out here that um, that to, to let her know that she she can call and rely on daddy for for as, as long as she needs to. No problem. But there are certain conversations that I'm going to have with my son about being a young, respectable man. Um, even at, at an early age, like it's, it's, you can't, it's never too early to teach good gentlemen, young man, manhood laws, manhood habits. And so just those, those types of things. And I know that there are going to be certain things just from a woman's perspective that my wife will converse with my daughter about. But like, I, I think there's a unique relationship between a man and his son, um, because manhood is is one of those things where it's a mm-hmm. you know when you talk about masculinity and 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 so forth it's a sensitive topic sometimes to say the least but i truly believe that only a man can teach a, a young man how to be a right, man right you know right. you can show you can talk about it but that man has to see a man to be a man if that makes any sense um you know, um, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's going to be different now, educationally speaking, uh, socially speaking to, to a certain extent, you know, there are going to be a lot of similarities. Like we read to our son and our daughter every day, even at a young age. Um, we, we talk with them. Like one thing that we didn't do, um, even from when they were babies, you know, with, within reason, we never were too heavy on that. Um, like that baby talk kind of sort of, I remember from when my son was just a few days old, like I was talking to him just like you and I are talking right now. How do you think you're doing as a father? Um, I, I think I'm, I think I'm doing well. My kids are still alive. Uh, so you, you know, I, I think that says something, but I'm, I'm always looking to improve. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's so dope to, to be around and to learn to be a father, like around, guys like you, like around our boy, Joe, who, who is in the early stages uh, or in the late stages of pregnancy, about to become a father any day now. And even my brother, I have a younger brother. Um, he's a year and change behind me age-wise, but he got married several years before I did and, and had uh, my two nephews. And so I learned a lot from my younger brother, but just, you know, being around those dynamics of good dudes who are good dads. And I think that kind of goes back to what I mentioned about that whole social awareness and things like I, I don't know any, I don't hang around. I don't know any dudes that are not good fathers. You and me both, man, definitely you and me both. I try to t- keep a, a great circle uh, around me. Well, Sean, I really appreciate you joining me before, before we close, just, just plug everything you got going on. Let the people know how they can reach you. Let the people know how they can get in touch with you. Oh, let's see. Let me run it from the top. Um, my book 
is officially out in these streets. And that's actually, I hit bestseller rank on Amazon. It's called MC means move the class. It's how to spark engagement and motivation in urban and culturally diverse classrooms. And I also have a podcast. It's called the Urban and Educating Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and all of those podcast outlets. Uh, My website is urbanandeducating.com. And I also am available via social media, Urban Educating, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the like. There you have it, Dr. Sean Willie. Thank you, brother. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you, sir. I want to thank Dr. Sean Woodley for joining me today on the podcast, and I want to thank you for listening as always. What legacy are we leaving? As fathers, that's an important question we have to ask ourselves. Be sure to continue to follow the Fatherhood Podcast. Follow me on Facebook, the Fatherhood Podcast. Check me out on, on Twitter, Instagram, at Jamar Hudson. Feel free to comment if you have any episode recommendations. Some things you want me to address, feel free to hit me up, and we'll do the best we can to make it happen. Uh, continue to listen, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Fellas, if you have some fathers that you know, tell them about the Fatherhood Podcast. We're just trying to have a conversation to be the best fathers possible. I'm Jamar Hudson, and this is the Fatherhood.